Season 1, Episode 9. Happy Halloween! You already know that Halloween takes place on the last day of October, but here's something you might not know. The word itself literally means hollowed evening, and was previously known to European cele celebrators as All Hallows' Eve. All Hallows' Eve, October 31st, and All Saints' Day, November 1st, both paid homage to the saints, Hallows equals saints. The name was eventually shortened to Halloween, which we know now and love to this day. Celtic mythology suggests the veil between the other world and our world, Vinsdern Samhan, which is where All Hallows' Eve actually began, making it easier for spirits and the souls of the dead to return. People would make offerings of food in order to get on the good side of these spirits and deported ancestors. So what do you do for All Hallows' Eve or Halloween or Samhan? Whichever preference you have, this is not a Christian holiday, it's more of a pagan holiday to many. However, it's one of the most profitable holidays in the United States, racking in over $2.5 billion annually. But it's not about the money or the goose or the goals. It's more of a time of year for me. Being born during the fall, being born during the period of Samhan, I am, as some of you can tell, I'm part Irish. <laughs> I do have Celtic in me. And I've also got Viking in me, <laughs> as my brother would say proudly. But in many cases, this Halloween is very special to me because it was the one time that I got to be with friends, be with family, enjoy myself and not feel ashamed. Most of us hide behind the masks, but for me, it was coming out of a period of uh, disarray or however you may call it, but it has always been a very special holiday for me, not just because it's coming past my birthday and going into my brother's, <laughs> but it's also coming of the time of the year. I love this time of year, fall, the colors of the leaves, the changing of the changing of the colors, and of course, taking us from the hot, hot summers of the south into a mild fall and then to a mild winter. We don't have a lot of winters here. So I, I'm very happy to celebrate All Hallows Eve, as I like to call it. So tonight we're going to go into a little bit of the background of All Hallows Eve, Halloween, or in some hun. Um, because many people don't realize the connection between a Celtic mythology, which actually commemorates how Halloween began. It's not about Michael Myers. It's not about Freddy. It's not about Jason. It's about the spirits and the souls that have not left us and that are trapped among us. And it's then celebrated by a lot of today's paranormal. But let's get into it in just a minute. Uh, enjoy this song um, that I've picked, especially from our Artlist IO collection in honor of the celebration of Allah Hallows Eve. I'll be right back.
modern day Halloween is commemorated with pumpkins. But believe it or not, the holiday actually began with the apples. People would dunk their heads in a vat of water and try to bite into floating fruit in a quest to figure out their future spouses. Could you imagine bobbing for apples to figure out who your husband would be? It started with ladies marking an apple and tossing it into the tub. The thinking behind this would they would be destined to uh, destined to marry whomever pulled it out of the water. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like the apples and pumpkins, trick-or-treating was much different for ancient Celts, dressed up as evil spirits in order to confuse demons. In medieval England, soldiers would go around begging rich folk for soul cakes on Halloween. Instead of threatening to play, tr play tricks, however, they'd, they'd pray for people's souls in return for the soul cake. The custom of trick-or-treating in which children dressed up in costume and solicit treats for neighbors trick-or-treating became popular in the United States in the early 20th century as Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world custom of, goose, of guising in which a person would dress in costume and tell a joke, recite a poem, or perform some kind of trick in exchange for a piece of fruit or other treat. By 1950, trick-or-treating for candy had become one of Halloween's most popular activities. Today, Halloween, of course, as I said before, brings in an brings in um, an exceeding amount, $2.5 annually. But it's not just the costumes, it's not just the tricks or treats, or the apples and the pumpkins. The costumes have evolved as well. While they began as earnest tributes to saints, that tradition likely fell out of favor at some point until young Scottish and Irish pranksters got the idea to dress up in scary-looking garb, again as a way to spook unsuspecting neighbors. And just like that, Thanks to these hooligans, we now have our traditional costumes. Irish and Scottish immigrants bought souling, brought souling to the United States in the 1800s, but modern-day trick-or-treating didn't catch on until the 1920s and became very popular in 1950, as I said. But it's not the trick-or-treating, the goose, the costumes, the ghouling, the, you know, the fruits and the vet and all this stuff. We have so many more that comes for Halloween. How many of you, like myself, used to play Bloody Mary? This was the thing that used to scare the bejesus out of me when I was a kid. My brother, my brother often, you know, pranked me with his friends on Halloween because obviously that's what brothers do, right? But it was the story of Bloody Mary that scared me to death. The history of Bloody Mary may surprise you. Late folklorist and UC Berkeley professor Alan Dunes wrote an article titled Bloody Mary in the Mirror, a ritual reflection of prepubescent anxiety about the various origins and practices of Bloody Mary ritual, also known as Mary Worth or Mary Wales. Many versions of the ritual include the elements of a girl peering into a mirror, often in the bathroom, darkness, blood, chanting, and an appearance of a cursed Mary. You would say her name in the mirror, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Well, this ritual later got spookier as we now know the boogeyman. If you haven't seen the movie, it's probably one of the scariest I've ever seen. So don't watch it this year. <laughs> but you'll remember those when you're a kid. You always got to play pranks on your younger brothers or your sisters. But my brother tormented me as a kid. But you know, I don't hate him. I love it because it made me more alive. <laughs> 
and Halloween was always fun for us. My, my kids don't do trick-or-treating like we did as kids. You know, the 1980s was like a pivotal time for our country. We did so many things. We had so much fun. Nothing could stop us. You know, it was just coming out. The Shining had just, you know, evolved. So many things were happening as far as, you know, scariness in America. But it was the 70s and 80s that really brought the terror of this, this holiday out. It's not about the witches. It's not about the ghosts. It's not about the goblins or the fruit or the leaves. It's about the fun of the holiday for us. And it's still fun to me today as one of my favorite holidays. So let's talk more about some of the things that people do uh, to celebrate the holiday now. That's much different from what they used to do back then. We'll talk about folklore. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, some things. And, you know, I've even got some really corny jokes that I, I, I pulled earlier uh, in, in precedent for the kids. Because um, they made me laugh and I think they'll make you laugh too. But in the meantime, here's another song from our collection at Artlist.io. I'll be right back. Here's a fun fact you may not know about witches. The stereotypical image of the haggard witch with a pointy black hat and a warty nose stirring a magical potion or cauldron actually stems from a pagan goddess known as the crone, who was honored during Samhain. The crone was also known as the old one, and the earth mother, who symbolized wisdom, change, and turning of the seasons. Today, the kind of all-knowing old crone has morphed into a menacing, crackling witch. But it's not just the witches. There are many superstitions and symbols that acknowledge the holiday. Halloween may seem like it's all about costumes and candy, but the holiday, which is relatively new to America, late in the 1920s, it dates back more than 2,000 years. Like I said before, it's going back to the Celtic New Year, which originally, well, it's called Samhain, and translates Summer's Eve, or Summer's End, pardon me, in Gaelic. It's again, Summer's End. Some Halloween traditions, such as carving jack-o'-lanterns, are based on Irish folklore and have been carried throughout the centuries, while others, such as candy corn, are more modern Halloween additions. Here are 12 other Halloween staples that you may remember or look forward to. You know, the black cat. The black cat has been associated with Halloween folklore for many centuries. In the Middle Ages, black cats were often portrayed as fam. fam uh, familiars of witches, which is likely to be the origin of the distress with which they are 
regarded in America, where early Puritan settlers rejected anything associated with the devil and witch. Clue Rhodes wrote in Black Cats and Evil Eyes, a book of the old-fashioned superstition. According to... That's what she wrote in that book. But according to the History Channel, it was also believed in the Middle Ages that witches transformed the black cats as the... Uh, black cats to conceal themselves. Often used as a symbol as bad luck, black cats grace many Halloween decorations. The black cat's bad reputation dates back to the Dark Ages when witch hunts were commonplace. Utterly solitary women were often accused of witchcraft and their pets, their pet cats were said to be their familiars or demonic animals. Another medieval myth told that Satan turned himself into a cat when socializing with the witches. But nowadays, black cats aren't synonymous with bad luck and mischief anymore. Everywhere in Ireland, Scotland, it's considered good luck for a black cat to cross your, pla to cross your path. As we said, jack-o'-lanterns are a common staple of the holiday. Carving jack-o'-lanterns actually has its roots to sinister uh, tragic fable. Celtic folklore tells the tale of a drunken farmer named Jack who, tried, who tricked the devil, but his trickery resulted in him being turned away from both the gates of heaven and hell after he died. Having no choice but to wander around the darkness of pure uh, purgatory, Jack made a lantern from a turnip and, and a burning lump of coal that the devil had tossed, in, tossed him from hell. Jack, the story Jack, the story goes, used the lantern to guide him, his lost soul. As such, the Celts believe that the placing of jack-o'-lanterns outside would help guide the lost spirits home when they wander the streets of Halloween. Originally made using a hollowed old turnip with a small candle inside, jack-o'-lanterns' frightening carved faces also served to scare, to scare evil spirits away. When the Irish potato famine in 18, uh, 1846 forced Irish families to flee to North America... The tradition came with them. Since turnips were hard to come by in the States at the time, pumpkins were used as a substitute. And that's how the story of our famous jack-o'-lanterns began. But it's not the pumpkins or the witches. It's the, the bats that carry a story. It goes back to Dracula and the times of, of, you know, the early black and white movies where Frankenstein and Dracula were, were formed. But it was medieval folklore also described bats as witches, familiars, and seeing a bat on Halloween was considered to be quite ominous sign. One myth was that if a bat was spotted flying over one's house three times, it meant that someone in that house would soon die. Another myth was that if a bat flew into your house on Halloween, it was a sign that your house was haunted because ghosts had, had let the bat in. But I don't know about you, but this next one scares the bejesus out of me and i don't like them i never will like them i don't kill them i just chase them away so here's one thing that you know if you if you're like me you don't like spiders a common source of fear spiders make a creepy crawling halloween staple they join the ranks of bats and black cats in the folklore being evil companions of witches during medieval times one superstition held that if a spider falls into a candle-lit lamp and is consumed by the flame, witches are nearby. And if you spot a spider on Halloween, goes another superstition, it means that the spirit of a deceased loved one is watching over you. That's a good one to know. I did not know that. If you spot a spider on Halloween, 
It means the spirit of a deceased loved one is watching over you. Hmm. We've already talked about witches and their cauldrons, but what is the cauldron? The cauldron of the witch is the pagan Celts believe that after death, all souls went into the crone's cauldron, which symbolizes earth mother's womb. There the souls awaited reincarnation as the goddess stirring around for, for the new souls to enter the cauldron and old souls to be reborn. The image of the cauldron of life has now been replaced by a steaming, bubbly, ominous brew. Sad. But it wouldn't be a witch without the witch's broomstick. So what's the story behind the witch's broomstick? It's a superstition that has its roots in medieval myths. The elderly, introverted women that were accused of witchcraft were often, were often poor and could not afford horses. So they navigated through the woods on foot with the help of walking sticks, which were sometimes substituted by brooms. English folklore tells that the, during the nighttime ceremonies, witches rubbed a flying potion on their bodies, closed their eyes, and felt their way, felt as though they were flying. The hallucinogenic ointment, which caused numbness, rapid heartbeats, and confusion, gave them the illusions that they were soaring through the sky. And that's how the story of the flying witch on a broomstick came of. But where, besides the witches and the brooms and the cauldrons and the bats and the spiders, there's the colors of Halloween. What's the significance of the Halloween colors of orange and black? Well, they actually stem from the pagan celebration of autumn and the harvest, with orange symbolizing the colors of the crops and the turning leaves, while black marks the death of summer and the changing season. Over time, green, purple, and yellow also have come to introduce the color schemes of Halloween decorations. But it's also about mischief. For some, namely troublesome teenagers, Halloween is also a time for neighborhood pranks. There's the toilet paper in your house, the smashing of the jack-o'-lanterns. This Halloween became known as the Devil's Nights. It became known as the Devil's Nights in the 1970s and 1980s when stories like Halloween and... Uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, Friday the 13th, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all these movies that were depicted all came to be, come from Devil's Night. All those stories were of dead serial killers that came back from the dead and could never die. The latest one in here is Halloween Kills. How many more Halloween movies can we actually have? Well, it looks like there might be some more, guys, so don't, 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 um, don't think Mike Myers is is dead just yet. <laughs> um, but it was the mischief night that actually, it actually derived from the Celtic silver writing some, some hand with bonfires, games, and comical pranks. By the 1920s and 30s, the celebration became more rowdy with rising of vandalism, possibly due to the tension caused by the Great Depression. The curve of vandalism, adults began to hand out candy, reigniting the forgotten tradition of trick-or-treating and costume exchange for sweets. This successfully replaced most of the mischief elements from, from October 31st celebration, so the troublesome instead adopted October 30th as official night to pull pranks and wreak havoc on, the, on, on their neighbors. So what do you do for your... Halloween traditions. 
Today, most people don't even take their kids trick-or-treating in neighborhoods because many people don't even know who their neighbors are half the time. You know, I live in a very, you know, private, rural community, but we don't have a lot of kids in our neighborhood. At least I don't see many kids in our neighborhood, but there are some. But a lot of parents now go to their churches and they celebrate trunk-or-treats with the schools or the local uh, communities. That's just not me. I'm going to have my Halloween party and we're going to have a good time. So until we get back, here's another song from our listener of iList.io. And, and then we'll come back and I've got just a few more things to talk about. But I hope this story of Halloween isn't lost and forgotten. It's not a devil's holiday. It's not the witch's brew night. It's about traditions that came with the immigrants of other countries. And like me, a European American, as I refer to myself, we have traditions. And those traditions should not be lost just because the times have changed. Halloween has evolved. Halloween has become more of a Christian holiday than it ever has before. But we'll talk more about that when we get back. Enjoy this song from Artless Dio. Are you looking for quality, organic, and natural-based products, but not able to get to a local shop? Carherbinlife.com may have what you need. California Urban Life has aromatherapy and accessories, health and beauty products, baby and children products, including green toys, plus a mix of hand-selected food and beverage brands, household cleaning, household decor, kitchen needs, and of course, hand-picked pet care suppliers. All available at C-A-H-E-R-B-A-N l-i-f-e dot com shop now and use code circle 21 at checkout to save 10 percent off your first order again c-a-h-e-r-b-a-n-l-i-f-e dot com and use circle 21 at checkout The Healing Matrix is excited to introduce the only Vibro Hydro Acoustic Healing Meditation Table in the state of Tennessee. 
allow yourself to holistically immerse within multiple synchronized advanced state-of-the-art technologies along with ancient healing modalities. This delivery system vessel reduces stress, alleviates physical pain, creates a space for deep meditation and resonance within your body that is needed to release energies you have physically and psychosomatically attached to. Reach higher levels of consciousness while connecting to the divine field of love within your heart space. Visit MyHealingMatrix.com to find out how you can experience this state-of-the-art technology. What do you call a witch's garage? <laughs> a broom closet. <laughs> what kind of food would you find on a haunted beach? A sandwich. <laughs> what was the witch's favorite subject in school? Spelling. What do you call two witches who live together? Broommates. What's a favorite? What's a witch's favorite makeup? Mascara. How does a witch style her hair? With scare spray. Those are just some corny jokes that I found related to Halloween and witches, but they're funny. They made me laugh. I hope they made you laugh too. So we've talked about the superstitions. We've told, talked about the history of Halloween and we've talked about the folklore. But there's just one more thing that we haven't talked about. It's the story of a lovely lady. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> where, did the, where did the importance of candy corn come from? Candy corn is one of the most huge staples of Halloween, which now, of course, we can get any time of the year in, in America. But Halloween was at, candy corn was actually invented in the late 1880s, but it didn't go into mass production until the 1900s. The actual process of making candy corn was cumbersome and time-consuming as each of the colors of the syrup had to be heated up in a large vats and carefully poured by hand into specially shaped molds. But the yellow, orange, and white candy was meant to resemble the corn kernel, which was a huge hit and remains a popular part of Halloween to this day. So do you love candy corn? Do you love all of the spinoffs of candy corn? The caramel corn, the fall, the fall harvest um, um, mixture that you can get. But there's no other candy corn like Brock's candy corn. I'm sorry. Shout out to Brock's. You're still my favorite all these years later. Brock's candy corn is the best and always will be. Store-bought brands, not good. Other, other brands, not good. Brock's candy corn is by far the number one candy corn in the world and always will be. And I will always buy it in bulk. So, I will probably gain five pounds on Halloween, but that's okay. Candy corn, the biggest staple of American Halloween. But it wasn't just the candy corn. We talked about earlier the uh, bobbing for apples and how the bobbing of apples came about. But it's also candy apples. Cab candy apples are a popular Halloween treat and, oh my gosh, are the best, second best thing in the world. I, I love the smell of caramel apples and the burning sense of 
But anyway, today candy apples can be covered in caramel and chocolate with nuts as many other classics. So go to a, go to your favorite local uh, candy maker if you've got one or go to a little um, old-fashioned town. I'm going personally, my husband and I currently are in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we're enjoying the uh, fall harvest here in Gatlinburg and the black bears and everything else that comes with it. But this is the first time we've been here on Halloween. We have seen so much, and we have been looking forward to this trip for quite a while. But, you know, normally we take trips to the beach because I'm a person of water, and I need to be in the water. But we wanted to spend Halloween in the mountains, and what better place than Gatlinburg? Um, we'll, I'll share some pictures of our trip. We went uh, to the Sky Bridge, which is phenomenal if you've not done the Sky Bridge. I'm scared to death, but it was fun. Um... You know, going, going back, I got off topic there. I just want to tell you about my amazing trip. So I, I'm sorry, I had to brag about that. But there's been a fusion of Celtic and Roman traditions behind Halloween candy apples. Samhain, which around the time of the Roman festival honoring uh, Pomona, the goddess of fruit trees, the goddess is often symbolized by an apple. So the fruit became synopsis of the Samhain celebrations of harvest. Maybe that's why... I'm a lover of apples. <laughs> maybe I still honor the goddess of fruit trees. And maybe you should too. So, you know, this this episode is a little short, um, obviously because I'm traveling. And obviously because I love to enjoy the festivities of the trip. But there's one thing that a lot of people have enhanced over the years as we have a lot of television programs related to it. Whether you're a believer in the paranormal or whether you just believe in a good ghost story, paranormal ghost hunting and ghost adventures and those type of things have become so popular over the last 10-15 years. Um, I decided this year, while we are here, we are going to do a ghost walk and learn about some of the spookier tales of Gatlinburg, let's just say. Um, so I will tell you more about that when we get back, but, um, right now we're just going to end this episode uh, early and I'm going to let you begin your festivities on this Friday night because I'm sure because Halloween falls on Sunday this year, so many adults are probably having so many festivities over the weekend. I know one of my good friends, Charlene Spencer, probably having their annual Halloween bash, which I wish I was there. Maybe I can still make it if we can get home in time, but I love it, you guys. Uh, Charlie and Spence, I hope you guys are enjoying every moment of the Halloween Bash this year. And I look forward to seeing you guys when I get back. In the meantime, guys, enjoy the harvest season. Enjoy your Halloween, All Hallows' Eve. Honor the saints. Honor the, honor the spirits. And remember, witches are not pagan. Witches are our friends. Believe it or not, there might be a witch sitting next to you and you may not know it. Happy Halloween, everybody.
podcast next Friday on the Trim Radio Network, 7 p.m. Eastern. And of course, on all your favorite podcast channels.